from the studios of One Jacks Productions. This is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Ingle, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. All right, well, welcome to The Revealing again. Uh, welcome everybody out there. Glad you uh, tuned in once again. Uh, I'm Pastor Frank uh, from One Baptist Church. I'm here with... Uh, Associate Pastor Robert Ingle. Hello. And uh, our praise leader, Chris Wing. Hello. Hey, uh, today we're going to be talking about some uh, pretty fun stuff uh, as we're getting ready for the Christmas season. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, things like uh, the, the virgin birth and, and, and the first coming of Jesus come to mind. And I just wanted to, we wanted to take a, a quick moment here and just kind of talk about what the, what is the uh, purpose of this podcast? Why did we put this thing together? And, uh, and, and what is the meaning behind the name of our podcast, The Revealing? Uh, you know, uh, we believe that the Bible is a, uh, a, a treasure of, of information that God uh, has provided for us. Uh, we are thankful that we have his mind on the matter. And, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, the many different subjects that we can discuss in the Bible, I think the issue we have today is uh, we just have too much stuff out there and not enough stuff, if I can say it that way. Uh, in other words, we have a lot of information that, that, that maybe isn't uh, fully uh, revealed, if you will. Uh, and you know, what we're trying to do, man, is we're just trying to, to get in there, uh, really, really, really look at the nuts and bolts of, of these different uh, subject matters and, and really reveal what scripture actually does say about it. Uh, we certainly don't want uh, any of this to be our opinions. Uh, we, uh, we know, though, it may sound like it's our opinion, uh, but we're trying to make sure that the Bible is the authority in the matter. Uh, when it's all said and done, uh, we want God's word to be revealed uh, as it was meant to be and not as man has, uh, has uh, maybe, uh, you know, propagated it to be. You know, the subject of prophecy for me uh, as a pastor uh, uh, is, is, is very, very important. Um, if you've listened to some of our past podcasts, we've, we talked about, uh, those three applications of scripture. Uh, one of the first one, of course, being the historical application. The second one being the, uh, devotional ap application. And then the third one, uh, is the doctrinal slash prophetical application. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, the thing about that is, uh, we really do have to understand that prophecies in the Bible uh, although they do tell of the future, uh, they're, they're also a, an announcement of God's word. And uh, without question, uh, prophecy is where doctrinal truth of the Bible comes from. God doesn't, uh, that's how God teaches us his doctrines is through the prophetic word. So we need to, we need to take this subject very seriously. Uh, I do believe, unfortunately, in, in, in these uh, last days in the church, uh, we have neglected this area. And because of the neglect in the area, I think that's the reason why uh, we have so much uh, uh, false teaching, if you will, or, or not fully revealed teaching uh, of these subjects uh, that uh, prophecy uh, certainly uh, helps us to understand. Uh, <clears throat> so today, we're going to be talking about the prophecies concerning the virgin birth. Uh, you know, there's some very important aspects to the virgin birth uh, that uh, teach some doctrinal truths that will be lost if we don't uh, really dig into them. You know, I think uh, Revelation 19.10 says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Uh, one of the things, uh, you know, I didn't get saved till I was 28. And, uh, you know, prior to my salvation, uh, man, 
I was completely against the Bible. I was completely against Christianity. Uh, I didn't even think Jesus was a real person. Uh, it, it's it's mind blowing to me to think back um, where I was uh, prior to uh, to coming to the Bible. And, and I'll say this: it, it was through the prophetic word uh, that that drew me to the Bible. Um, I was into Nostradamus and people like that, and. Uh, uh, you know, my issue with uh, guys like that was, you know, uh, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty straightforward person. Uh, I, I usually, uh, you know, facts are important to me. And you know, my issue, my issue with Nostradamus was, and, and, and people like that was, you know, you read their prophecies, but you kind of had to twist them and turn them and make them say some things that they didn't really actually say uh, to. Uh, to uh, fully engage uh, what, what what it was that the prophecy was trying to say. When I got turned on to the Bible, uh, you know, as I started to study the Bible and started to look at the prophecies of the Bible, uh, what's amazing to me about the Bible is you don't have to twist anything. Uh, it, it says what it means, and it means what it says. And uh, you, you really can't argue with the facts uh, of what uh, the prophetic word has to say. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to take a look here at these prophecies uh, concerning the virgin birth. And we're going to kind of, what, what I think we want to try to do here is we want to go back. Uh, I think when we talk about the virgin birth, uh, people just want to jump right into Matthew or Mark or Luke or John and start talking about uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the time when Jesus was born. And although I think that is uh, relevant, um, unbelievably in the Bible, uh, the, the Old Testament prophesied his birth. And so we wanna, we're going to jump back. And we're going to take a look at some uh, very relevant scripture uh, and, uh, and just kind of we'll see where this goes and, and just kind of see what the Bible has to say. You know, the first prophecy in scripture, uh, uh, potentially, at least without any question, speaking on the virgin birth, is actually found in Genesis 315. Uh, and uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead and read that for us? Genesis 315. Sure. Uh, it says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So let's, let's, let's kind of go back there we, as we uh, uncover what's going on here in the, at that particular scripture. Uh, remember now, Adam and Eve are in the garden, uh, and uh, God has given uh, Adam and Eve some very specific commandments, actually one specific commandment, don't eat of the tree. Uh, you can eat of any tree uh, in the garden, uh, just don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, of course, we know the story, uh, uh, Lucifer, uh, the, the serpent, uh, beguiled Eve. She ate of the tree, and uh, that began the downward spiral of mankind as, as, as man fell into sin. And uh, coming, off the, uh, coming off the heels of that, uh, God uh, announces a curse. He announces a curse against man. Uh, of course, man would uh, would have to uh, uh, till the ground and work for his uh, work for the fruit of his labor. And and one of the other things that man was going to have to do now is uh, he was or what was going to happen to man is uh, he was going to die. Uh, he was going to have a physical death and a spiritual death. Of course, the woman has to travail in birth, uh, and uh, she was going to uh, have to submit to man. But God also announced a curse uh, against Lucifer, the serpent. And that's what we're talking about here in Genesis 3.15. When God says, I'll put enmity, you know, that word enmity means war, to war against. So God says, I'm going to put enmity, I'm gonna, there's going to be a war 
against thee, the serpent, and the woman. And of course, uh, uh, what we're talking about here now, that woman uh, at that time was Eve. Uh, but as each, as we go through time, what we find out is, is that it was going to be through a woman that the, uh, the Messiah was going to be born. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Uh, I think we can get that. But, but, the, but the deal here is, is the seed uh, is always in the man. It's the man's seed when it's planted into the woman that, uh, that uh, brings about a, uh, a child. Well, this particular passage lets us know that that seed is going to be of the woman. And uh, so what that's, what that's telling us here is, is that this is going to be a virgin birth, uh, that there's not going to be a seed of a man that's going to bring about uh, this uh, particular seed. But we do know that uh, uh, Lucifer's seed is going to be at enmity with the seed that comes from the woman. And, and that's what we're talking about here in Genesis 3.15. So it is the, it's the hint, if you will, of the virgin birth. Uh, there's going to be a time when the seed of the woman is going to come up against the seed of Satan. And uh, as we fast forward and we look into the second coming of Christ, uh, when Jesus returns on his uh, white horse, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, he is going to destroy the seed of Satan. And uh, that seed of Satan, of course, is Antichrist. Uh, but again, the point that we're trying to make here in Genesis 3.15 is that there is an announcement of this uh, 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 coming seed, and that seed is going to be of the woman. So, uh, Chris, I mean, hey, why don't you go ahead and maybe just jump in for a second here and just kind of talk about, uh, you know, w what your thoughts are on this verse. Yeah, well, I think one of the key things is is what you said, you know, of the, about the seed being... Um, comes from the man and so that's how we have the, uh, the identifier that uh, we know well this is a seed from the woman and uh, the way that we can understand that to be uh, talking about the virgin birth is when you do fast forward all the way to uh, Matthew in chapter 1 where it talks about this we can know uh, you know more more about it so in Matthew 1 20 it says but while he thought on these things behold the angel of the Lord appeared unto him this is talking about Joseph in a dream saying Joseph thou son of David fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And so when we're talking about this seed and, and coming from the woman, the reason we know that is because the seed was conceived in her of the Holy Ghost. Okay, So right there we see... Uh, this pronouncement it makes more sense when we when we we're talking about that seed of the woman that it, it came from the Holy Ghost and, and not Joseph obviously so uh, that would be the virgin birth itself. Yeah, so you know I think what's interesting is, is um, if we fast forward into Genesis a little bit and we were to go to Genesis chapter twelve, uh, we know that uh, God announces a promise uh, to Abraham, and uh, that promise to Abraham was a spiritual. And a physical promise. The physical promise was to the nation of Israel that they would be given a land. And the spiritual promise was that there would be a, a blessing uh, to all nations that was going to come from, uh, from Abraham. And, uh, you know, if you jump to Galatians chapter number three, uh, Paul, when he's writing to uh, the Galatians, talks about how uh, in, in Galatians 3.16, he says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not into seeds as of many, but as of one, into thy seed, which is Christ. And so, you know, when you follow this seed, if you will, uh, through the, the Bible, there's some interesting things that come with that. Uh, first of all, 
um, the seed uh, would be uh, uh, coming from not only a woman, but it would now come through a nation. And of course, we know that nation was going to be of Israel. And uh, uh, certainly Messiah, Jesus, uh, came uh, and was born of the nation of Israel. Mary was a, a, a Jew. Uh, and so uh, what I think is pretty pretty cool about the whole thing is you can kind of follow that thing all the way through. And then even when Jesus is talking, uh, when he's here uh, uh, during his ministry, even when he's uh, announcing his parables and he's talking about how, you know, we need to take this seed and plant it into the ground and, 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 thus, and, and, and such, uh, we find out in Luke that that seed is the word of God. And of course, you go to John chapter one, right? And it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And so um, <clears throat> it's just a, an interesting connection, if you will, to the seed, the word and Jesus Christ. And, and the Holy Ghost, um, he, he's the one that uh, moved men to write the word of God, uh, right? So uh, it's just a, a one of those, uh, again, we, we talked about it last time, right? Um, comparing scripture with scripture. Uh, it's one of the 10 keys of Bible study. And here we are, we have this, this, this seed, which has brought us to understanding that the seed is Christ. And then here we have this, this understanding that the seeds also mentioned is, is a reference to the word of God. We, we, we understand that the Holy Ghost was the one that conceived in Mary, but the Holy Ghost is the one that moved men to write the words of God. You start comparing the scripture with scripture and putting this piece of the puzzle together, if you will. And of course, what we come up with is that Jesus, of course, is the word of God. Um, and maybe even furthermore, uh, Jesus is God without any question. Uh, Robert, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's, let's kind of hang on that for a minute, that, that, that idea uh, that Jesus is God, um, because that, that, that plays an important piece to all of this, obviously. Who, who was it that was born of that version? Uh, yes, it was a, a, a Jewish baby. Uh, yes, his name was uh, to be uh, called Jesus. Uh, but who really was this, this, this baby that was born? Uh, we're going to be celebrating his, his birth here in a couple weeks. Uh, who was it? That was born of that baby. Uh, and Isaiah 714, I think, is a good place that we could uh, turn to and, uh, and, and try to figure out what exactly is going on here. So go ahead and uh, why don't you give us Isaiah 714 and maybe talk a little bit about that there, Robert. Sure. Uh, it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And, um, you know, as, as we're just sitting here uh, talking about these things, you know, I'm reminded that um, <clears throat> the virgin birth is such a critical, critical, um, important prophecy. Yeah. Um, I mean, without it, we don't have a Savior. Yeah. You know, without a virgin birth, um, everything falls apart because we don't have God in flesh. And um, I, I'm reminded of um, a, a story one time I read with... Um, talking about Larry King, and uh, he uh, was asked if he could interview anyone, past, present, or future, yeah. number one choice, who would it be? And and he said it would be Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And when asked why, he said, I would, one question I would ask him, was there really a virgin birth? Yeah. Um, because the answer to that question changes everything. Sure does. 
And so um, I just, man, I'm just reminded of, of the importance of this topic. Um, and that I think one that we often take for granted, we just kind of believe without really thinking about its implications or uh, what we're talking about here in these prophecies. Um, but yeah, in Isaiah 7, 14, um, God, from the get-go, it, he tells us that when you see a virgin conceive, that is the sign. That's it. And, and by the way, his name will, t- will sh- speak of his deity. Mm-hmm. His name shall be called, seven, Isaiah 7, 14 says, Emmanuel, mm-hmm. uh, which means God with us. So his very name and that, that virgin um, birth will be God in flesh. First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, mm-hmm. um, the mystery of godliness, uh, the Bible calls it, um, God manifested in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and I believe we, we would all here contend that uh, if, if you don't believe that, that Jesus Christ was God in the flesh, as opposed to just what some may think as the Son of God, then there are some very serious salvation issues at question there. Uh, because sure, surely the apostle John talks about that. In his, yeah, First uh, John. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and when I'm when we we're talking about the seed there, and back in Genesis three fifteen, I mean, this is so important, and this is so serious that when you read through the Old Testament and even through the New Testament, if you know what you're looking for, time and time again, you will see Satan continuously, relentlessly seeking to destroy that seed mm. um, through. You know, we read the Bible and we think, well, what what significance does does that have? And you know, that story and, and and this information, why would God include that? But when we start looking at it from from a prophetic standpoint, we start seeing how even in the smallest details, um, Satan is trying to destroy that seed because he he filed away Genesis three fifteen, that prophecy that was spoken against him. He filed that away, and um, he took note of that and to this day, tries to destroy not just the seed, but uh, the, the, the nation of Israel, the people. I mean, why, why is such a small um, country, such a small uh, land mass um, over in the uh, Middle East, uh, why is it such a, as the Bible calls, a uh, trembling pot? Why is it so important these days? Why does it take center stage? Well, there's something going on there um, on God's prophetic timetable, and Satan is, I mean, look at the Holocaust. Sure. And so so I just, all of these things are reminding me of how critically important this is. Um, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and real quick, I want to go back on that Holocaust real quick, because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, another prophecy <laughs> that we could talk about uh, is is uh, is how uh, Israel is going to come back into their land, uh, and interestingly enough, uh, the precise day, uh, twenty two thousand years, two thousand four hundred eighty five years in advance, God told us the exact day mm. uh, on May fourteenth, nineteen forty eight, that that Israel would be brought in, back in their land, and listen. As you just said, uh, listen. As much as uh, we should have known that, uh, unfortunately, we 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 don't. Uh, but as much as we should have known that, because it was written in scripture, uh, 
I guarantee you Satan knew that. Mm. And he he's very aware of that Genesis 3.15 passage. And he's very aware of where the Messiah was going to come through. He's very aware of the importance of the nation of Israel in end time prophecy. And so you better bet, isn't it interesting uh, what was going on right around that time uh, uh, when Israel is getting ready to come back in the land? Uh, is it coincidence from 1935 to 1946 we have uh, here a, a representation of Antichrist, if you will, mm -hmm. Hitler, uh, and he, he destroys and kills six million Jews uh, a couple of years before Israel was supposed to come back in their land? I mean... Is that coincidence? Yeah. Uh, I think not. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we have to, as Robert was talking, it just it, it just dawned on me the importance behind this whole thing about the virgin birth, and, and that we understand how this whole thing works in, in history, or you know, as we like to say, his story. That's what the Bible is. You know, God's story of all of history played out. It, it's that you go back to that Genesis three fifteen verse, and it says, "I will put enmity." You talked about that, Pastor Frank. That being war. Well, that's what kind of sparked the whole thing. I mean, all of history is a series of God making a move and Satan making a counter move. And it's he, all about a throne. It's all about a throne, remember yeah. That, remember that first Absolutely. point of, a, of, our, our, of, our, uh, of the importance of Bible study. So it's just interesting to me that this this Genesis 3.15 verse is kind of like the spark that set the fire for the whole tone of history, yeah. and that Satan is just hell-bent, if I can use that term, uh, on making sure that that seed never comes, right? Of course, it, we know it did. But that's what he's attacking. Everything he does is to attack against that because he knew that meant that the Messiah was coming. And in addition to that, he has done quite indeed a, you know, we're not going give, to give the enemy credit, but at the same time, we have to be aware of what he's done. And, mm -hmm. and he, has, he has done quite a job of not only making people afraid of prophecy, but ignorant of prophecy. Um, you know, this podcast is called The Revealing, and, um, you know, it's what what is the, the, the book in the Bible that, that most Christians probably, if polled, would say that, that they read the least, um, that they're scared of the most? Uh, it'd probably be the book of Revelation. Yeah. And um, who is it that would want the revealing of Jesus Christ to be concealed? to sure. be misunderstood, sure. um, it would be none other than Satan himself. And, and so uh, just in, in pulpits today, in churches today, um, we, we don't find a lot of attention given to prophecy um, for these reasons, because um, we, we are ignorant of them, and, and who would want us to be ignorant of these things? Uh, it'd be Satan. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think what's interesting, too, is as you play that thing out, now remember... Lucifer has been, well, let's call him Satan because he's the adversary. Mm -hmm. uh, that was his name, Lucifer. Right. Now it's Satan. Right. Uh, remember, uh, he, he, he is at enmity. He's at war with the seed. And, and before we forget uh, that seed being Jesus Christ, let's also make sure we remember that that seed's also the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And so certainly Satan is at war with the, seed, with the, with the Word of God. And just think about... <laughs> You know, here we are now in these in these last 2,000 years since that seed was born, and how much has Satan attacked the Word of God? And, uh, you know, many people will think that Bible translations is not a, uh, uh, a big deal and, and manuscript, uh, you know, God can talk in different manuscripts and, 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 and such. Uh, all I will say on that subject is simply just remember uh, what it was, <laughs> Lucifer 
when he was in that garden, what he did. He, 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 he attacked God's word. He, he said, did God really say? Mm-hmm. And then he twisted what God said. Yeah. Uh, so the attack's not just on uh, Jesus Christ, uh, but the attack's also on what Jesus Christ is, yeah. which is the word of God. And then I would take that even a step further, and I would say that when there's a seed, something comes from the seed. Growth comes from a seed. Jesus planted himself into something. That's what he did. And that's why he's the seed. What did he plant himself into and what did he grow? The church. Mm-hmm. So you don't think Satan's going to attack the church? Yeah. Of course he is. And, you know, I'm really glad you brought up that that point about the Word of God because um, w- when we talk about this topic of prophecy these days, um, a lot of times, man, what you're going to find is is people who are quote-unquote prophesying um, on their own accord, and, and they are speaking new revelation and things that are outside of the bounds of the Word of God. And, um, man, God has a, some very strict criteria when it comes to prophets and those who prophesy. Um, and for us to understand today that there is nothing, I mean, God is not going to speak anything outside of His Word. There is there is no new prophecy. There is no new revelation. It's all been written for us. And so for someone to come and uh, give a, a, any new prophecies or to, to uh, speak a quote-unquote prophetic word, um, unless you're reading the Word of God, um, it's not from the Lord. And, and, and I think that just ties into the importance that the Word of God is to hold when it comes to prophecy, because... Um, without it, we don't have prophecy. It's not through, today in the New Testament church age, it is not through visions and, and dreams. It is not through um, pastor so-and-so or, or prophet so-and-so or apostle so-and-so. Um, it, it's the Word of God and the Word of God alone. Yeah, amen. Yeah. You know, um, so when you read that Isaiah seven fourteen verse, uh, you know, where it says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Uh, you said uh, that uh, that word Emmanuel meant uh, uh, God with us, and just so everyone knows, if you're if you're listening, uh, that's found in Matthew one twenty two and twenty three, mm. uh, where uh, you will see that it, uh, the interpretation for Emmanuel is is interpreted God with us, you know. And then uh, the the other thing I would say is uh, while we're in Isaiah. Uh, you, if you go to Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, which, right. of course, you know, that's our big postcard. Uh, uh, you, you'll, you'll see Christmas. The, you'll see, well, you'll see Isaiah 7, 14 and Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. But okay. let's just read Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 real quick. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Now listen. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. All right, so that's obviously the millennial reign where that's going to take place when he is the king of, the king of kings. Uh, and it says, and his name, uh, so this child is going to be born. His name is going to be called Wonderful, Counselor. And by the way, he is the Word of God, and we have 66 counselors sitting in our, in our Bible. Now, 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 now get this, the Mighty God. Yeah. So this child that's going to be born is going to be called the Mighty God. He's going to be called the Everlasting Father. Mm. He's going to be called the Prince of Peace. And 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 bef- before we, we, we look at those, those are some amazing prophetical uh, 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 absolutes about who this son's going to be. And the reason why we know this is because in verse number seven, it says, in the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end. Uh, Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, 
Now, now, now catch this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts, that Lord of hosts is talking about there's a war. When, when you see that Lord of hosts in the Bible, there's a war that's been announced. Okay, why, why, would, why would Isaiah be mentioning this war? Because Jesus is going to have to usurp this from somebody. And of course, that's the God, the little G God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. When Jesus returns, he's going to beat the seed of, of Antichrist back over there in Genesis 3, 15. And then it says the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And I would just say, um, um, and Chris, I'll let you talk here in a second, uh, but I'll just say, uh, isn't, isn't it interesting that when Jesus came the first time, he did not sit on the throne of David. Right. He, he, the, the government and the peace that there'll be no end was not put on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. That has not happened yet. Uh, so therefore, if we, we, if we are Bible believers, we have to uh, go on the uh, 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 very, and I wouldn't even call it an assumption, Mm-mm. I would say we have to go on the very fact that this is going to happen in the future. Uh, and I don't know that I would argue that that future is probably not too far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a time coming when when Jesus is going to sit on the throne of David and he is going to be all these things uh, 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 that this passage says he's going to be. Uh, I would already argue he is wonderful. He is our counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting father. But th- there will be no peace on planet Earth until the Prince of Peace comes. Mm-hmm. Chris? Yeah, I mean, again, going back to that Genesis 3.15 verse, I mean, there's so much in that verse. It's not just about the virgin birth and the coming seed. It's also about what's going to happen at the, the end time when when, when uh, God actually comes to sit on that throne in his kingdom that, and establish it and finally put an end to uh, Satan's uh, constantly coming up against uh, that seed. I mean, because that's what all history really is. And, you know, and you said it, and when you read the verse in 9.6 there in Isaiah, uh, this very seed, this... Jesus, he is actually God. I mean, you said he is the word of God. He also is God. That that tells us that he is God. The mighty God, the everlasting Emmanuel, God with us. That was that was what this speaks to his deity of who he really is. And that's why he has the authority then in the end to do just that, to establish his kingdom. You know, you read those verses. There, there's coming a kingdom. It's going to be established and it's going to be forever after the, after uh, David's throne. I mean, that's what he's going to do. I mean, Colossians 2.9 says, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I mean, when it says the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, it's, it's identifying more than just him coming in a, as a, a virgin birth, but that he will, it will be God in the flesh. Mm. You know, and I you think know. The, the, the reality of this is as we're talking about the importance of the virgin birth, um, I, I don't know about any of our listeners, uh, but for me, man, God became flesh mm-hmm. I, that, that just blows my mind I, I don't even know if it's even possible to wrap your brain around that what God became flesh yeah like what what kind of God <laughs> do we have that he would become flesh? Now, obviously, the next question is going to be, and we're going to get to this in a little bit, uh, if not on this podcast, but the next one is, why did he do that? We're going to talk about that. And uh, but man, 
just just stop for a minute if you're listening to this and, and just contemplate for a second. You know, we're going to be celebrating uh, Christmas here in a couple weeks. And uh, God mm. became flesh. Yeah, and when you you think about how we often, you know, make a big deal, as we ever so should, about the resurrection. Um, well, without the incarnation, yeah. there is no resurrection. Sure. And so um, let's not forget, while we praise the Lord for 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4, for the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, according to Scripture, for the gospel, um, he had to become flesh. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just... A mind-blowing thing. Yeah, and obviously there's a purpose to that, and we're going to get to that. But mm-hmm. you know, the other thing that I think is interesting is as we're still talking about this whole uh, idea of of you know, listen, I know there's a lot of people that may be listening to this, or or there's a, unfortunately a lot of uh, of teachings out there that will claim that Jesus was not God in the flesh; he was uh, a God, or uh, he was the Son of God. Uh, which, by the way, that uh, that title within itself, there is a purpose to that, mm-hmm. um, why he was called the Son of God. Um, <clears throat> and it's not simply because the Holy Ghost conceived Mary, right. and now he's the Son of God. No, yeah. there's, there's there's something else to that, and we'll, uh, we'll get to that. But, um, you know, <clears throat> the importance of understanding that God became flesh uh, uh, really comes to... It's full uh, expectation, if you will, uh, when you do to get to the cross, when you do understand that uh, it wasn't just God was born. It, it was the very fact that God had to spill his own blood to save us. Uh, and, and that puts such a, a emphasis on the importance of the blood. And uh, so certainly, uh, you know, we're, 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 the importance of making sure we understand that this was God in the flesh. Uh, and, and certainly the Bible is very, very clear about that. You know, it's interesting. Um, the Jews, uh, they, they completely understood who the Messiah was. They, 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 why we don't understand it today, I don't know. But the, Messiah, but, but, but the Jews understood that Messiah was going to be God in the flesh. They completely understood that. They completely uh, bought into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and certainly that's the reason, uh, uh, part of the reason why uh, they 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 crucified him um, because he was claiming to be right. God, and they knew that uh, they just didn't believe he was the Messiah. Hence the reason uh, they wanted to stone him. But you know, another verse that I think we could kind of bring into this prophetic uh, announcement. Uh, we, we we certainly I, I think most of our viewers uh, viewers <laughs> most of our, those of you listening uh, uh, would 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 be familiar with the fact. Uh, that Jesus was born uh, in Bethlehem. Uh, we, we, we would go to uh, our, our Gospels uh, to, to get that. Um, Matthew chapter 2 comes to mind, uh, talking about where he was going to be born. But again, uh, do understand that this was another prophetic announcement in the Bible. Uh, in the book of Micah, uh, we, we, we find, uh, gosh, Micah... 500 years before the birth of Christ, uh, uh, has a prophetic announcement of, of his birth. And uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead and read for us Micah 5.2. Micah 5.2. Sure. Micah 5.2 says, But thou, Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Mm. So what we learn in this passage 
is that uh, uh, the, the, the Messiah is going to be born uh, in Beth- Bethlehem uh, and uh, even more so Ephrata. Uh, you know, that, that, that'd be kind of like saying we live here in Jacksonville, Florida, but he's going to be born in Fleming Island, uh, if you will. Like he's, he's, they're nailing the, the suburb of Bethlehem where mm-hmm. he's going to be born. Uh, and and uh, uh, so uh, I think that's interesting. Uh, but do, do note the end of that passage there where it says, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting, yeah. Uh, again, uh, announcing the the uh, the importance of uh, of us understanding his deity. Uh, he he he's everlasting. He, he there was never a, a day in eternity, uh, despite what some would say that Jesus was created. Mm-hmm. Uh, God was never created. Right. Jesus was wasn't just a God. Uh, Jesus is God. Amen. He is the physical representation here on earth of who God was. And uh, man, uh, what a, uh, what an amazing uh, prophecy. Uh, and, and, and I, you know, we might want to also add um, he was born in Bethlehem. Uh, you know, God doesn't do anything by accident. There, there's a reason for everything. And uh, if we were to go back into the old Testament, even well before uh, uh, Micah, we could, we could learn some things about the city of Bethlehem, but but the name Bethlehem within itself means house of bread, and certainly uh, Jesus uh, going back to uh, uh, the the wilderness wanderings when when God sent forth the manna, uh, the, the, which was uh, uh, the bread of God from heaven, as Jesus calls it in John chapter six. Uh, Jesus is the bread of life, and uh, so there was a reason why. Uh, he had to be born in Bethlehem. So, so, so understand um, if, 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 if uh, for, for the Messiah, when the Messiah was to be born, he had to be born of a virgin in Bethlehem. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know too many people who, who, fit, who fit that bill. Mm. Uh, and certainly, uh, unfortunately, there are obviously many today who don't uh, believe the Messiah has come yet. And what um, I love about these prophecies is they can't be manipulated by man. No, these aren't these aren't decisions that can be made by a man or construed to um, make something appear as if it was, but it's not. Sure. Yeah, that's sure. the thing. I mean, you know, you were talking about it earlier, uh, Pastor Frank, about how prophecy is the thing that kind of like really got a hold of you when you were uh, before you were saved, and. The amazing thing about God's prophetic word is that it's so very precise. Yeah. And like you were just saying, we read the verses about him being born in Bethlehem. Well, it's not just Bethlehem, Bethlehem, Ephrata. You know, he takes it that step further to show how precise he really is when it comes to his prophetic word. It's it's very, very, very precise. There's no way to make error in it. There's no way to say, well, he could be talking about this. He could be talking about that. You know, you talked about Nostradamus earlier. Mm. And there's a lot of other prognosticators out there that have written many works. But sure. they're, they're so vague, mm-hmm. you know, but God and his infinite knowledge and wisdom is so precise the way he does prophecy. It's 100% accurate 100% of the time, and it's very, very specific. He calls things out very specifically and then fulfills them literally 100%, like he did here concerning the virgin birth in Jesus. I mean, of all the prophecies concerning his first coming, there's more about his second coming, but he's fulfilled all of them very, very 
precisely, very right down to the minute detail of not just how he'd be born, where he'd be born specifically. It's almost like pinpointing an address in a house, you know what I mean? That's how precise God's prophetic word is. And so that's why we can trust it because it, and, and know that it's without error, and we don't have to uh, you know, go, go out and listen to what other people say because he's that, he's that precise. It's, it's just that, that, that extra little something he gives us to like, you know, this is my word, and you do, you can trust it because this is how accurate it really is. Yeah, and and I, like you said, Chris, I just I love how God emphasizes His word um, in prophecy, um, and and that's the bottom line. And, and if if He emphasizes it, um, th- then we ought to emphasize nothing else. Um, you know, you get these people I was alluding to earlier who kind of, as you said, make uh, vague prophecies or spiritualize them or say, well, if, if it didn't come to pass and you didn't have enough faith or, you know, it's always something else. And I mean, it's, it's, it's always something out either outside of the word of God or, um, twisting the scriptures. And a lot of these, I don't know what else to call them, but can I say kooks who are making these, these quote unquote prophecies, man, they couldn't even find their butt with two hands, a flashlight and a mirror on the floor. (laughs) And and yet they're making prophecies and, and saying that (laughs) just throwing darts at a dartboard. Really? It's, it's just like, okay, well just what else you got? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, God is accurate a hundred percent of the time. Well, you know what, what, what for me, (laughs) this is what just intrigued me and, and, and really, uh, uh, sold me if, if I can say it that way. Uh, and, and I think that's a good way to say it because God does use prophecy <laughs> as his testimony to who he was. You know, wh- why, why not, uh, 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 you know, Buddha? Mm. Why not, uh, uh, you know, uh, some of these other uh, folks who have claimed uh, uh, deity or whatnot? Why, why not? Uh, what about all the other religions of the world? Why Christianity? Well, why Christianity is because Christianity's uh, Jesus, right? Uh, he's the only one <laughs> that had enough. <laughs> use the word you want to you want to want to use. I'll just say guts uh, to, to to say you know what I'm just going to prove myself through prophecy. Well, let's just do that. And, and my gosh, has he? You know, he said uh, many times. Uh, you know, I tell you these things before they come to pass, so that when they come to pass, ye might believe. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if, if you're listening. Listen. I, I, we could spend right now, we could spend uh, uh, the next three, four podcasts talking about, uh, from my count, uh, the 383 that I'm up to, uh, prophetical uh, utterances in the Bible that are going on not 2,000 years ago, today. Mm-hmm. There's more going on today uh, than, than when Jesus walked planet Earth 2,000 years ago. I mean... It, you could say one, two, three, or four coincidence, I suppose. 383? Is that coincidence? Mm. Uh, and I love it, man. I, I, I love this idea that One Baptist Church, man, we just kind of, at least here in Jacksonville, man, we just can't, we kind of hang around this, 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 this idea, right? Facts. <laughs> They're a stubborn thing. Yeah. And, and you know, when we're, we're talking about prophecy, it's, it's not just those, that just weird out there, out of left field, twilight zone, do 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 do, kind of a thing, you know. <laughs> right, it's, right. I mean, like this isn't, you know. When I, I think that's kind of what people think about when they think about prophecy, and you know, it just goes over my head, and and you know, again, going back to how Satan has just made people ignorant. But um, you know, I just from a pr- um, practical application, as we kind of just, you know, bring this 
this episode to a close. Um, you know, I, we were reading over in Isaiah chapter um, nine and verse uh, six, verses six through seven, and that last little bit there that you read, Pastor Frank, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. You know, I mean, it is God's passion to put His Son on the throne. Yeah, I mean, it is His passion. We talked about that. The purpose. It, that's it. The theme of the Bible, um, and, and just from a practical application, you know, is that the passion of our lives? to see Christ yeah. on the throne yeah. uh, of David in that uh, millennial kingdom, uh, but also the throne of our lives. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm encouraged by that, but I'm also challenged by it, sure. you know, for, 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 for him to be the passion of our lives. Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, as the Christmas season's upon us, as we're uh, all getting ready, getting our food, Getting our gifts, mm-hmm. uh, doing doing the things that we do, running around, uh, making you know, getting ready for 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 uh, Christmas. I think uh, it would uh, behoove us, mm-hmm. uh, especially as Christians, uh, to just kind of stop. And uh, yeah, I, I get it. I got kids. I understand. Uh, but the real gift was Jesus. Yeah. And it, without, like you said, uh, Pastor Robert, you know, without his first coming. There, 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 there never could have, there never could have been a second coming, mm-hmm. and the second coming when he is when he comes and gets his glory on his throne, mm-hmm. and 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 God was manifested in the flesh, you know why 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 did he come, uh, and that's we're gonna we're gonna hit on that uh, in our next episode, uh, so make sure you tune back in, uh, make sure you 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 get where we're going with this. I think you'll uh, find it very interesting. You know, why, why did he come? Uh, wh- why the virgin birth? Why did it have to be a virgin birth? I mean, yes, Genesis 3.15 predicted it. Uh, but but what what was it about that uh, that uh, had to take place? Why why was why did there have to be a virgin birth? So we'll uh, we'll 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 hit on some of these things uh, uh, next time. So we hope that you will uh, tune back in. And uh, certainly we hope you have a great day. God bless you. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor, Frank Silvaggio. Associate Pastor, Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us, info at onebaptistjacks.world.